family, whew, I'm, uh, I'm so, so excited about our message title today. It's not something that I normally do. <coughs> well, let me rephrase. That might sound a little bit strange. Uh, I constantly have to outwit the devil. <laughs> so it's something that I constantly do. But I don't always teach on it. <coughs> and uh, I actually had a very, very different um, teaching that I wanted to do. But you know how the Lord works. <laughs> um, you know, it's never your agenda that uh, gets uh, the highest point. <laughs> it's always the Lord's agenda that will be glorified. <coughs> and so, um, and so he, he, he led me in this. And, and when Pastor Carl sent through that message this week about people needing to, you know, people, people are having difficulties. The children of God are being attacked. I don't know if you know it, but they are. <laughs> Amen. And um, <clears throat> I want to start off with John 17, verse 14 to 18. And, and this is a scripture that we all know, uh, well, I believe we all know quite, quite well. It says, and, and this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. Okay, so this is not Jesus speaking to some random people. His disciples, they are the ones that was um, working with him, hand in hand for, for, these, for, for the whole time of his ministry. He says, I've given them your word and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world. I want you to understand this, family. But that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is the truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. And, and, and I, I want to sort of get this point through to you. Now, <clears throat> Our whole lives we have been taught that there's a broad road and then you always see like a river and then there's like this very narrow road, like on a hill. Like uh, who has ever seen that picture? I don't know about you, but that was the picture that was shown to me when we think about the road that is broad to destruction and then there's a narrow road which a few find. Now, this scripture says, we are not of this world, but we are in this world. And so that, for me, indicates that the roads are not separate. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. The roads are not separate. You see, the thing is, if we talk about the broad road to destruction, there's a narrow road Going in between that broad road of destruction. And we have to be mindful of the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus says, I am the lamp upon your feet. If you were on the different, or if you were on a, on a road, let's say the two roads are split. That narrow road. If you were on that road, what would you need? A lamp on your feet if that was the only road.
Do you understand that then? Why would we need the leading of the Holy Spirit if that was the only road? If you could see it clear as day. No. That road is within this world. We are not separate from the world, family. We are not untouchable from this world. I can tell you that. If we were, then we wouldn't have any problems. Amen? And so, to kickstart this message, family, of outwitting the devil, we need to understand that the two roads are not separate from one another. It all depends on our ability to lead, or not to lead, to follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said, I do not move unless I see my Father move. I think an amen would suffice that. <laughs> if we think about going on a hiking trail, I mean, if, if you're in a, in a forest and there's, there's no definite road, only the leading of the Holy Spirit, only which you perceive as good and true will lead you in the right direction. Amen. But it doesn't mean, <laughs> it doesn't mean that there's no uncertainties around us. It doesn't mean that maybe you will sometimes get to a place where your hand grabs onto a a tuck, and I just forgot the English word for tuck. Anyone can help me? A branch. <laughs> so incredible. I like being Afrikaans. <clears throat> tuck just sounds, it's tuckful. <sighs> you see what I did there? Okay, let's come back. So, it, it doesn't mean that you're not going to take a branch that has thorns on it. I just I, I want to I want to give you that family. It doesn't mean that you're not going to take a branch that does not thaw, who doesn't have thorns on it. But this truth is the one that the devil do everything in his power to obscure and distract you from. So outwitting the devil family, and and I want you to. I want to bring attention to a very specific story in the Bible. And this is not the one where Jesus was um, tempted in the desert. This, was not, this is not one where, you know, uh, Jesus had to use the word. And we all know that. I want to take you back quite a, quite a while ago. The life of Nehemiah. Who knows Nehemiah? Okay, so... Nehemiah got a burden in his heart from the Lord to go and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Okay. Now, I just want to... Okay. Almost there. Okay. So Nehemiah has been called to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. 
Okay, now Jerusalem in that point were laying in ruins, the walls for seventy-five years. Okay, so they the walls of Jerusalem has not yet been built for seventy-five years, and all the enemies of Jerusalem stayed around them. Okay, now I want you to understand this. Okay, is Nehemiah's call, his calling, his his purpose was to go and rebuild the wall. Never did God say that he is not going to have troubles. Never did God say there was not going to be any opposition to rebuilding the wall. The same way in our lives. The moment we give our hearts to Jesus, that is the moment immediately, I I, I promise you, immediately the devil will step in and he will try and distract you. He will try and take you away from your calling as soon as you realize your calling. I promise you that. The devil will distract you with what the world of, or what is going on in the world. And when I, when I look at our lives, when I look at what is going on in our world, the devil is doing a pretty good job. I mean, family, can we just be... Like, really honest with one another right now. The world is keeping our families, our schools, our leaders, our whoever busy with the distractions of the devil. And we have, we have so many things going on in this world. Wars, we have, we have transgenderism, we have... I mean, there's, there's uh, churches in America who anointed a transgender pastor. <laughs> now, I, I don't want us to focus on that, okay? That's because that's the distraction. But we need to understand, family, that it is better for the devil to have you distracted than to have you praying. Come on, family. It is better for the devil to have you distracted than have you praying. And that is one of the devil's playing cards, is distraction. I want you to write that down. Distraction. It is one of his very last playing cards. The the devil knows that his time is up. So he is doing everything in his power. He he is playing his last cards. He is exposing himself. And so the moment we give our hearts to Jesus, the devil has to expose himself in order to distract you. Come on, family. I'm speaking truth here. Now, Nehemiah is obedient to the call from the Lord. And what is amazing is what they couldn't do in 75 years, Nehemiah, they did it in 52 days. 52 days they rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. Now, that's not in 52 days putting up the walls of this centrum. It's a huge part of land. Israel, the whole of Jerusalem family. If you, if, if, if you think about that, it takes to in account the immense pressure 
that was on Nehemiah to make sure that everything goes to plan. And the only way that he could do it, and the only way that he could outwit the devil from not focusing on the distractions was to make sure that he keeps his focus on the leading of the Holy Spirit. And all of this he is doing while the enemies are mocking them. They are literally ridiculing them as they build the walls of Jerusalem. Side note. The road which God has called you to be on will never be a road without opposition. In fact, I want to claim that the bigger the calling, the bigger the opposition. The road which God has called you to be on will never be a road without opposition. Okay. Now with the, with the introduction done, <laughs> I want us today to look at Nehemiah 4 and Nehemiah 6. It's a, it's, it's, it's a long scripture that I'm going to teach in between and share and, and we, we go on from there. The heading of this scripture says opposition to rebuilding. <laughs> opposition to rebuilding. Okay, here we go. When Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews and in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria said, and, and, and this is what the devil will try and do. First, he gets angry. Okay? Because God is calling his people back. Second, he challenges your identity. Listen to this. What are those feeble Jews doing? <laughs> I don't know about you, but that's a jab at your identity. Amen? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble, burned as they are? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side, what are they building? Even a fox, even the devil's least powerful demon will climb on that wall, will climb on your identity, and it will break it down. That's what they say. But that's not the truth. Amen? That's not the truth. The devil always make or to, to, to get you distracted by making a mockery of your calling. Why? Because that creates doubt within. The moment we doubt the calling of the Lord upon our lives, it opens a door for the devil to come in and bring distraction. In fact, I want to say this, that the devil is so sly about his tactics that he will bring wisdom, obscured wisdom, for you to take on another calling, an add-on. Does that sound familiar? 
And that's why many people who, who get their calling, you know, they're on fire and they're going and then, you know, you, you have an add-on to that and you have an add-on to that and then you step out of the original calling God had for you. Family, I, I, I promise you, we need to understand that we have to, we have to have the ability to discern between wisdom that's coming from God and a message from the devil that is obscured or as it's actually a lie, but it's portrayed as wisdom. We need to be very, very careful of that. Amen. And the only way we can do that is if we know our identity. Our identity in Christ. And this is Nehemiah's response. So, so Nehemiah was in this time where his enemies are ridiculing him, making a mockery of the calling that God placed upon his life. And he says, Hear us, our God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight. For they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. And so, family, I don't know about you, but this is not a prayer that's just like sort of, oh God, they're ridiculing us. Please just protect us. No. Nehemiah says, listen, if you are ridiculing us, you are ridiculing the Lord. And so you better watch your mouth. And the Lord will come after you if you keep on doing this. And so Nehemiah's identity is knowing that outwitting the devil is not just about praying and just standing still. It is truly about resisting. If, let me put it this way. If someone had to come and attack me, how am I going to resist? To resist? Am I going to run away? Is that resisting? Or is actually taking my hand and pushing that person away resisting? I have actually have to do something in that part. Amen, family? Do you understand that? Awesome. All right, so now we go on. And so immediately, Nehemiah took that distraction and he threw it in the corner. And then, verse 6, it says, So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height, for the people worked with all their heart. And family, I can tell you this. I can tell you this. If you stay steadfast in your calling of God, you will work with it and on it with all your heart. I promise you, you will work with it with all your heart. And the word says, do not get tired of doing good, for surely you will reap the harvest at the right time. Amen. But when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs and the Ammonites and the people of Ashdod heard that the repairs of Jerusalem's walls had gone ahead. And listen to this. This is so, so important. And that the gaps were being closed. They were very angry. So at first, they were just angry. But now, as soon as the footholds, <laughs> come on family. As soon as the footholds, the strongholds were closed, the devil got very angry. And they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir 
up trouble against it. Now, I, I want you to understand this family. First, the devil will try and distract you. If he cannot distract you, he will bring all of the fear that he can get his hands on. And he will try and stir up trouble against you. And he will portray himself as very angry. If you ever thought of leaving an open door in your life, family, listen very carefully. If you ever thought of leaving an open door in your own life, you have an open target for the devil, not only just to distract you, not only just to intimidate you with fear, but the word says that he is walking around like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. I don't know about you, but if a lion comes walking down that aisle, I'm out. Okay? Luckily for us, it doesn't work that way with the devil. We get to send him out. Amen? And so family, it is, it is, it is so important. And that's why this morning for the Holy Communion, I wanted us to, to just take a step back and really for God to search our hearts as to why we do what we do. As to why we are using that cup. Amen. And the same way that David asked God to search his heart continuously, only then we will be able to stand back and perceive because many times we don't know if there's an open door. Many times there's a blind spot in our lives. Which the devil will try and cover up as good as he can. But whatever is in darkness will be brought into light. Amen. And so if we ask God to search our heart, we need to understand that there are things in our life that will come forth. Which we don't always will like. <laughs> it will not always be fun to talk about it. It will not always be fun to deal with it. But family, we can never let an open door stay. We can never, we can never let a foothold or leave a foothold for the devil in our lives. Amen. And this is what Nehemiah's response was to all the, the angriness that the devil had towards them. And all of the, of the plans that the devil had. He said, but we prayed to our God and posted a God day and night to meet his threat. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength of the laborers is giving out. You see, family, so much distraction. So much distraction. And there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. Also, our enemy said, before they know it or see us, we will be right there among them and will kill them and put an end to the work. Then the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times over. Never underestimate the persistence of the devil. Never underestimate the persistence of the devil. Amen. Then the, Jew, the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times over. Wherever you turn, they will attack us. And this is Nehemiah's strategy. 
Therefore I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places. Okay. I want to stop there, family, just, just for a moment. Who of you know that when you give your heart to Jesus, you are not 100% there yet? Amen? There are still so many things in our own life, habits that we created, lies that we believed, that exposes us to attacks. It, it still exposes us. But the one thing that we need to remember is, the moment we give our lives to Jesus, we step into a place where we are called children of God. And I don't know about you, but Jesus dying for us on a cross really means that he will fight for my salvation. Amen? And so not just 2,023 years ago, He's still doing it for us today. So the moment we get to a place where we start rebuilding our lives according to what the Word says and according to what Jesus wants, we have to understand that we need to bring in God to fight our fights for us. It's, it, family, it's very important. If you think that you can fight these fights on your own, you have lost it already. I promise you. That's why Nehemiah stationed some of the people behind the lowest point of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. And then Nehemiah gives this little piece of wisdom to the people. He says, Fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. Whew. Family, we, <laughs> we are in a time where there is so much division in families that it, it's, it's unthinkable. And uh, I, I've, I've experienced it even in my own family. There's so much division. There's so much distraction that's keeping everyone busy that we, we, we forget that we have to fight for one another. We have to fight for our son's salvation. I fight for my son's salvation. I fight for my son to know Jesus. I fight for my wife to know Jesus. I fight for each and every one of you to, to know Jesus. I don't know, again, family, I could have done so many different things today. So many different things. But the Lord has called me to be here. Never in a million years I thought I would teach. Not, not even by a long shot. And definitely not to people that are, uh, I don't want to bring in the age, God, but. <laughs> the thing is, family, we need to start being aware of how our families are doing. We need to be aware 
of how our children, our youth, uh, how they are doing. Husbands, you need to be aware of how your wives are doing. It's our responsibility. I, I, feel, I, um, I feel very strongly about this. Very, very strongly. And I've said it last time. If, if you want to see how your communities, men look like, just look at how the kids and the wives behave. Because they enhance what we do. They enhance the, the way we lead. They enhance the way we live our life with Jesus. Amen? Alright, let's go on. When our, fam- when our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God has frustrated it. Oh, that's so awesome. God will frustrate the plans of the devil. Come on, family. Give an amen to that. We all return to the wall, each to our own work. From that day on, half of my men did to work, while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and armor. The officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah who were building the wall. <clears throat> and those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other hand. I don't know about you, who has ever laid a brick? Who has ever laid? I'm struggling with two hands. I can just tell you that. So, <clears throat> they are building a wall with one hand, and with the other hand, they have their weapon in their hands. They carry a weapon. Now, family, that weapon in our daily lives, and, 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 and this is such a true resemblance of praying in the Holy Spirit. A constant prayer is your weapon to make sure that you don't get distracted. Praying in the spirit family will frustrate the plans of the devil. Come on, family. You have to believe that. Come on. Praying in the spirit family will frustrate the plans of the devil. If you do not pray in the spirit, family, or if you, if you do not pray continuously, you are afflicting your own depression. I'm sorry, family. It's the truth. If we are too busy with what the world is showing us as a distraction, if we are too busy with all our series, and, and family, I'm speaking to myself as well here. Listen up. I'm preaching to the choir. <laughs> is if, if we are too busy with what the world is giving us and we are prayerless in our lives, we are afflicting our own problems. That just hurt. <laughs> Let's go on, family. It says here, in Nehemiah 6, we go on to the next chapter. It says, further opposition to the rebuilding. Family, if you think you're going to get to a point where the devil is not going to bother you, think again. (laughs) 
when word came to Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies that I had rebuilt the wall and not a gap was left in it, though up to that time I had not set the doors in the gates. Sanballat and Geshem sent me this message. Come, let us meet together in one of the villages on the plain of Ono. But they were scheming to harm me. So I sent messages to them with this reply. I'm carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? Four times they sent me the same message. And each time I gave them the same answer. Then the fifth time Samuel had sent his aid to me with the same message. Family, the persistence of the devil, it tires you. (laughs) It tires you sometimes that he can be so persistent. And the thing is, what we need to understand about this verse is four times they send me the same message. Listen, family, the devil has no more playing cards. He has no more. This is his last resort, family. And he just exposed himself. He, he literally exposed himself so that we can outwit him. God is giving us this wisdom, family. And we need to use it. And then the fifth time, Sandalat sent his aid to me with the same message. And in his hand was an unsealed letter in which was written... <laughs> It is reported among the nations, and Geshem says it's true, that you and the Jews are plotting to revolt, and therefore you are building the wall. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) So now their enemies are saying, no, you guys, so Nehemiah, you guys are are busy with the revolution. You guys are busy with the revolution, so that's why you are building the wall. That's not the truth. And then the enemy says, and then Geshem says it is true. So family, I, I just want to tell you, if someone comes, and, and, and I know that I've given word this morning. If someone comes to you and gives you word, you have to back it up with scripture. You have to back it up with scripture. Otherwise, you're just going to listen to anybody's opinion and you are going to be led astray in a way that you cannot think of. Amen? And therefore you are building the wall. Moreover, according to these reports, you are about to become their king and have even appointed prophets to make this proclamation about you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah. Now this report will get back to the king. So come, let us meet together. So he's, he's trying to, the, the, the last resort of the devil and of the enemies now is to try and sort of blackmail you. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> he's trying to take my voice. Okay, let's keep on going. So now he's trying to blackmail him. And blackmailing is putting you in shame. The devil will always bring you or bring back 
or remind you of what you have done wrong in your own life. He will always come to a place where he will remind you of your wrongdoings. And he will ask you the questions of, but you cannot be the one that God is longing for. You cannot be the one that God loves. Look at what you have done. This is all your transgressions. You should be shameful of yourself. That you call yourself a son of God, yet this is how you lived. The devil will try anything, family. But this is what Nehemiah replied. And I think this is so, so amazing. I sent him this reply. Nothing like what you're saying is happening. You're just making it up out of your head. (laughs) I don't know about you, but that's making a mockery of the devil. (laughs) You're just making it up out of your head. You just fake it till you try and make it. But you have already lost. Family, the devil will make up any story. He, he, He will bring forth a story like you can never imagine to try and derail you. We have to be very cautious, family. And it says this, they were all trying to frighten us, thinking the hands will get too weak for the work and it will not be completed. But I prayed, now strengthen my hands. One day I went to the house of Shemaiah, son of that one, the son of that one, who was shut in at his home. He said, let us meet in the house of, the, of God. Okay, now family, this next part is really, really important for us to understand. Okay? I know this is long. Almost done. Okay. <clears throat> you remember when I said we cannot give a foothold to the, to the devil? Listen up. He said, let us meet in the house of God. Inside the temple and let us close the temple doors. Because men are coming to kill you. By night, by night, they are coming to kill you. Okay. Now, I don't know about you, but if someone has information about people coming to kill me, you know, I'm going to think about, okay, where am I going to be safe? Wouldn't you? Any normal person would do that. Okay. This is Nehemiah's response. But I said... <laughs> Should a man like me run away? Or should someone like me go into the temple to save his life? And then Nehemiah said, I will not go. That's incredible, family. The response from Nehemiah, just in that instance, is incredible. That really is a decree that Nehemiah lived by. He lived that out. He said, I will not go. Why should a man like me, a man who's under the covering of the Lord, run away? And as soon, as soon as Nehemiah decreed that over his life, the Lord spoke to him. And he said, I realized that God had not sent him. God had not sent that man. But that he had prophesied against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. 
It's an amazing family. This is some incredible wisdom that we need to understand here. He had been hired to intimidate me so that I would commit a sin by doing this. And they would give me a bad name to discredit me. Family, God, God will not fight for you if you not decree it first. There's nothing He can do if you do not decree it first. We first have to speak faith in order for faith to happen. Listen very carefully, family. We first have to speak faith before it will come into fulfillment. We need to be very careful about this. Very, very careful. The moment we get in a place of complacency, you know, I sort of have a a holy discontent. And I know I'm sort of going off, but is we have all these things going on in our world. And I've, I see so many people, you know, on, on, on YouTube and, you know, on, on wherever, on, on all the platforms. And they, they're fighting against all these principalities. They're fighting against, you know, everything that the world wants to, to bring upon us. But I never see, apart from, from one pastor, I never see pastors fight for this publicly. I, and I, and I, I just don't know why. If I think about just South Africa, and, and I know I'm hammering on, you know, just on, on, on the guys, and listen, hear me out. It's not that I do not like them. It's, it's, it's not that I do not like them. We love each and every single person. That's what we are called to do. But the way they chose life is what we do not agree with. Yet, I see no one of our pastors, of our leaders in church, fighting for that very thing, for that very truth. And I see people putting up their hands who who, who not necessarily fight this fight with with a, a, with a knowing that they have to fight it with the Lord. They fight it without, within their own strength and they're making no headway. The only way, family, we can rebuild the wall is if it's done through the leading of the Holy Spirit. The only way we will be able to diminish all the lies that's going around in the world is if our true leaders come up in faith and start waging war. And war by knowing that the word what which we share will change people. No matter how how many times you will tell someone that you are wrong, if they are not convicted by the Lord, they will not change. Come on, family. This is truth that I'm speaking on. And then Nehemiah said, Remember Tobiah and Sambalat, my God, because of what they have done. Remember also the prophet Naadiah, 
and how she and the rest of the prophets have been trying to intimidate me. This is incredible family. The devil even infiltrated Nehemiah's prophets. The devil even infiltrated Nehemiah's prophets. The qu- I beg the question then. Now I understand that there's not many leaders, pastors, willing to fight for what is true. I would rather just pray in my own congregation and, you know, pray for wisdom for the leaders. Pray for this. Yes, we can do that. But we actually need to build something. With our one hand and with our other hand, wage war. Come on, family. We need to understand this. So the war was completed in 52 days. And family, again, if I said that opposition will leave you, it's not true. Opposition to the completed war. (laughs) So if you think that the devil will leave you alone... When you are done rebuilding the wall, I have a big surprise for you. Opposition to the completed wall. When all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations, now now this is the big difference, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. Also in those days, the nobles of Judah were sending many letters to Tobiah and replies from Tobiah. And so they were sending messages. And for many in Judah were under oath to him, since he was son-in-law to uh, Shechaniah, son of Ara. And family, we're going to go on to, to right at the end. Verse 19, it says, Moreover, they kept reporting to me his good deeds and then telling him what I said. And Tobias sent letters to intimidate me. Tobias sent letters to intimidate Nehemiah. So even after the wall was built, they still tried to intimidate Nehemiah. They still tried to intimidate him. The only difference was they knew that they were already being beaten. So the lack of confidence, the self-confidence in the enemy was gone. And so family, that's when the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. He will not stop. He will not stop. He will flee. And that's the nature of him will flee. It doesn't mean that he's going to stop trying to intimidate you. The only thing is, if you are strong enough, if you are completed as a person in your identity, the confidence that the devil has, has to flee. Because you know who you are, so he has nothing against you. Amen? Did that come across in the right way? I'm Afrikaans, my past tense, present tense, everything is the same. The moment we resist the devil family, the last gasp of deceiving with distractions and fear is nullified. The moment we resist the devil, 
His last gasp of deceiving with distractions and fear is nullified. And then the only thing he can try and do is, is he can try to intimidate us. And intimidation really is just the last resort. And it is the devil's least powerful card that he can play. Especially when you stand firm in your identity as a child of God. Family, outwitting the devil simply means that we need to understand that we are at war. It's not about, it, it, it's not about focusing on the devil. But we, we should never focus on the devil. We should keep our focus on Jesus. The Lord says, fix your eyes on the things from above. So we need to keep our focus on Jesus. But we need to be aware and mindful of the devil's tactics. And that's the only way we will be able to outwit him. Amen? Amen, family. Family, I know that it's been a long message. Thank you for keeping the energy levels up as the one eye closes. But um, I hope that this message brings you into a place where you go, when, you, when you go into this week, you will be able to discern from the distractions, from the fear that the devil will try and put in your, in your life. Amen? And let's start fighting back. Let's not be complacent. Let's start fighting back for our families, for our children, for our daughters, for, for, for everyone. Amen, family? Awesome, family. We're going to go into, <clears throat> into a very special time right now. This is one of those moments where, you know, we, we think we have it all together. We think that we are on the right path. And maybe we haven't given our hearts to Jesus yet. Maybe there's someone here that, that, that sits here and says, listen, I, need, I, I, I just need to give my heart again. And I want to create that moment for you right now. As we go in this salvation call, family, the Lord will press on your heart. The Lord will press on your heart to where you are. And the Lord will come and find you exactly where you are right now. You don't have to first arrive at a certain point for the Lord to come and meet you. He will meet you right where you are right now. With everything, with all the baggage that you are carrying, He will meet you. The love that God has for you nullifies any baggage that you carry with you. That's why He's mindful of you. Because he loves you. And I, I just want everyone to just close their eyes. This is a moment just for you and between you and Jesus, between you and God. We know in the word it says that if you declare with your mouth that he is God. And that he died 
and that he rose again, you will be saved. And now Nicodemus didn't understand this. He didn't understand that you had to be born again. And his response to Jesus was, should I crawl back up into my mother's womb? No. This birth is a spiritual birth. And that's why whatever baggage you bring, whatever you have done in your life previously, the moment we give our hearts to Jesus, it nullifies what we have done in our life. Immediately forgiven. Immediately restored. And we go into a phase of rebuilding, of redemption with Jesus Christ. So family, if you want to go into your redemption story today, and if you want to just go deeper with Jesus, I want you to raise your hand and acknowledge that the Lord is calling you today. And you might ask, well, why do I have to raise my hand? Well, the Lord says, if you will not acknowledge me before men, I will not acknowledge you before my Father. So family, on three, if you feel that the Lord is calling you to give your heart to Him or go into a deeper place with Him, raise your hands right now. Nobody looking around. Everybody's eyes closed. And I just want you, for the sake of everyone, can we all pray this just for the sake of everyone? Just pray this after me. Dear Father, today I give you my life. Today I invite you into my heart. Today I'm starting my redemption story with you. Holy Spirit, come into my heart. Holy Spirit, be the light upon my feet. And may my eyes be fixed on you for the rest of my life. Amen and amen. Family, Thanks so much for such a wonderful morning. It's been, it's, it, it, it's always a blessing to serve you guys. It's always a blessing to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Family, you need to have a wonderful, wonderful week. Thank you. I know it's been a long message. Normally, I'm, uh, normally I'm quite fast, quick with my teachings. <laughs> And I know that everyone's oh, come on now. <laughs> um, but uh, I know that this was a message that we need to understand. 
This is something that we need to use in our daily life. And I urge you guys to please give this message to your families. Share this with your husbands. Share this with your wives. Share this with your children. Share it with your uncles, aunts. Because it's imperative. It's, it's to the utmost importance that we are all fighting for the same goal. And that's rebuilding and building the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Be blessed. See you soon.